Hey, just so everybody knows, Carhartts are on. We're putting our Carhartts on. Carhartts are on. So. Hello and welcome back to the Between the Two Rows podcast. I'm your host, Forrest Anders, alongside my co-host and brother, Lane Anders. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. Good to be back in the studio. It's been a little been a little wild out here on the farm. Things going le- left, right, yep. up, down. Yep. Weather's been crazy, like y'all know. But uh, it's been a little while because Lane and I took a big gamble and uh, took out a big loan on a GameStop stock and uh, put yep. the farm up as collateral. Yeah, and, we're uh, done with farming, boys. Yeah, we're still holding at uh on that GameStop stock yep. but it looks like we missed the memo there gme to the moon yeah yeah well they left us up there yeah we're by ourselves now yeah so let's just get into a little bit of things that's uh, a joke in case you didn't know yeah so we've been working on the trailer you know we worked on it a lot as soon as we first got it if you don't know we're talking about having a mobile podcast studio yep and we had about 10 days there we worked on it you know every chance we could but with the weather changing and cattle need more attention than they did, we have that's been pushed to the side here for a little bit. But it's not been forgotten about by any means. So. Right? Yeah, the cattle are living, so we're trying to keep them alive. The trailer is just kind of chilling. Yeah. Well, I, we can talk a little bit about it. When we first got that trailer, you know, it wasn't insulated or anything like that. It had plywood walls in there uh, yep. over the the frame, which is basically your studs as well on the frame. And Lane took on the task of electrical work, which Lane and I both know enough about electrical, as uh, as Sam would say. He said, I, I asked Sam one day, I said, hey, do you know some about electrical? We're having a little bit of trouble. And he said, I know enough about it to leave it alone. And that was not me. That was about the extent of what we knew. <laughs> and Lane took several days of his uh, of his time, like every waking moment, he was learning about electrical stuff. And yeah. it, it, there was a little sketchy. Yeah, involved. I don't know. It's... Um it's not that hard to figure out once you know a little bit or know enough to get you started. Yeah. And um, I know a lot more now. I feel like it's something you won't forget. Like, it's so simple. How many trips did we go to the hardware store in that probably I don't four, know. four day time? Yeah, probably at least four times. Um, oh, more than that. There were several days we went three or four times just to we'd yeah, be, it's we'd funny. be we'd, missing that one piece and we'd go back and get it and then find out we're missing one little other thing, which yeah. I'm sure y'all have Some y'all stuff felt didn't that same fit way. and then we'd have to go back and... We had our wires running one way and decided that wasn't going to work, so we had to reroute them. And then some of our spare pieces of wire weren't going to be long enough to use, and so we yeah. had to go buy more. Well, we don't want to give away too much of what this is going to look like or exactly what we're going to do. We'd rather it, you know, be done with it and y'all see it for the first time. But Lane has been Lane got the electrical work almost completely done. It's all, I yeah. guess you could say, like loose fitted in there, and we've tested it, which was something else. Yeah, and Forrest then, was a little chicken chicken. Well, and I, or I say well, I, Lane and I both did it. We put in some insulation, which is not necessarily for insulating as much as it is for, like, soundproofing, which it's not going to be 100% soundproof. I mean, you just can't. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I kind of disagree. I think it's almost more for insulating against heat, not necessarily. I mean, for some reason, when well, I think oh, insulation, true. I think of, oh, you got to keep the house warm. Yeah, well, well, really it goes both ways. Keeping heat out for me because it's going to be warm in there. Right, but yeah, so we found a good deal on a little uh, inverter generator, or generator inverter, I guess you would say. So we had that hooked up to our outlet stuff, Lane rigged up. I say rigged up. I mean, he did it the right way. He had a breaker box with our fuses in there and had our outlets. A breaker and, box with breakers in it. No? Yeah, what I say? A breaker box with fuses in it. Uh, well, the same thing. No, it was a fuse box. So um, you, I, well, they're you're getting off in the deep end. They're the same thing, all right, buddy. <laughs> and so we were tr- 
we had it hooked up to our generator and it, it was not fun. We were a little bit worried about it. And by the time we started testing it, I was standing on top of the spare tire in the trailer. Lane would cut on the generator and I had an old ax handle and I would flip a breaker mm-hmm. and then just like hold on for dear life and hope that I don't get shot to the moon. Yeah. Which we, nobody got hurt. It's funny. Reddit actually came to tank came to the rescue and helped me solve my final problem on the That's wiring, it. If you so. need, if you need electrical help, go to Reddit. Yeah. So in other news, which if you've if you follow us on Instagram, you've probably already seen it. There's a new member to the to the what would I say like the gang? I guess we run around with boots. Yep. Uh, Lane, we posted a picture the other day with Lane and the newest bottle calf, mm-hmm. who uh, whose mother during this cold not this cold spell but the last cold spell we had, uh, he was struggling. You know, he he just was not. He, he probably would have ended up dead if we would have left him with yeah, her. Yeah, probably. Uh, and so we took him in, and he's been he's he's been really good. He he's a smaller calf to begin with, but he has taken off. You know, full of energy. He's very vocal, extremely vocal. So him and Beth are running around together there at the farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else you want to get to? You want to get into this weather we're having right now? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what much to say about. It. I think everyone's experiencing a little bit different. But it's all it's cold everywhere, pretty much. Yeah, and um, I don't know. We got some we got some cold weather pushing in last couple of days. Schools closed, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you, you, if you're listening to this, you've definitely more than likely have been affected by it. I've read an article this morning that's saying like 44 states have been affected by this uh, polar vortex, yep. whatever, jet stream of cold air, whatever you want to call it, and you know. That wreck that was in it was in Texas, correct? Yeah. That big wreck, and then power outages everywhere, massive wrecks. It's been, it's been an ordeal, and we were lucky enough to have a a good bit of a heads up for it, to where we could prepare mm-hmm. a lot. And yeah, and hey, we got a new uh, generator inverter, so if anything hits the fan, we can yeah, power our houses pretty true. much. True, but so we were able to plan a little bit ahead and get some hay and feed and things and places that they needed to be to get them through several days without needing a lot of attention. Yeah, uh, well, gr- for those that don't understand, where we, where we put up our hay is not the same location where we have to feed cows, and so we have to go and haul hay during the winter. Right. Uh, once every week, once every yeah. two weeks it, to stack. Stash we, we, we've up. done it both ways, but instead at our shop where we feed out of, where we slice the bales, y'all have seen videos of that, we prefer to keep the haylage at the field that it was harvested at, and then throughout the winter we ju- just go and get more, right. go and get as we need it. It takes instead, up so much space. It does, but would you rather it take up space there than at the shop? I mean, at the shop, right, that's what we, I'm saying. we don't have the room for yeah. that. So that's the way that we do it, and we were able to, you know, have a good bit there on hand to get us through the first half, and then today being Wednesday, yep. we, all this morning, so the roads have been bad for two days, you know, not terrible, but just something we didn't want to mess with, and then today we hauled as much as we could this morning while the roads were good, and then refed everybody and got them stocked back up to get through this next, uh, well, I Day guess, 24 two, hours, yeah. whatever. Yeah, they should be fine. I guess the only other thing I would add is with the cold weather, we are having to go out and figure out their water source and get it to where they can get to it because if it's frozen over, they can't get to water. That's the main thing Lane and I are doing and then just checking them more than usual because I I don't know what it is. Somebody with uh, that studies bovine more than I do could probably tell, but it's something with, with like the pressure changes, and this may be with like humans too, I don't know. 
but something about like the pressure changes like when a cold front comes in like all of a sudden if they were close to calving they're gonna calve in like yeah. the crappiest weather possible and if if you want to like see more about it there's a girl on instagram that lane and i both follow her name is alex templeton and we would love to have her on the show one day we've talked to her about it a little bit she's up in uh, northwest missouri and she's literally been staying in her like farm truck like every night because they're in the middle of having heifers calving. Mm-hmm. And like as soon as they hit the ground, I think their windshield's like negative twenty five. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they hit the ground, she has to take them from the mother because otherwise the calves would basically freeze to death. Yeah. So it's it's just a uh, it's something else. You know, we we're used to cold during the winter, and other places in the world are used to it way more than we are but yeah it's definitely- i mean I, I don't know our statistics but i'd say our average winter you you might get into the teens for like five okay. days on average through the whole winter and if that. i would say our average is probably 30 or 40 yeah it's really not that cold it's, compared it's to not else. rare for us to have a 60 or 65 degree day in february every once yeah. in a while you yeah. know it's but th- this will pass, and we'll all we'll all be all right. But we're supposed to, we have the possibility of getting some snow tonight. So yeah, I mean, I'm just looking ten day forecast. There's two days sixty threes the high, and then three other days uh, high fifties are the high. So yeah, that gives you a little insight. But we get uh, more rainfall during the winter than other places. Yeah, when we uh, so. knock knock on wood, we have had a fairly dry winter, which is which is amazing, which yeah. I hope it doesn't carry on through the growing season. You know, last year we were getting like four-inch rains every 10 days, which just is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But uh, So going back to another thing, we uh, posted some videos of unloading that disc that came from Metropolis, Illinois, mm-hmm. and it, we showed us putting it together and stuff, but we haven't posted the video, but you actually got to run that some last week. What was it, just a day or two that y'all uh, ran? Just one day, I guess. I so, think, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was just a day. I was doing some deep ripping, and Dad and Lane were running disc, and Lane actually has some footage of running that, so we'll post that with this episode drop. Yeah. But how how was it? Did you like it? Yeah, I like it. You it's know, our you, biggest disc to date, and yeah. um, it's uh, it's heavier built than our other disc. It's in between, I guess, a, a normal disc and a crosscut disc. It's yeah. it's just a heavier built disc. Yeah. So, I was about to say I something like I totally forgot. Yeah, I'm it's, already it's, blank. Pr- it's built pretty indestructible, I'd say. But we'll see. I like it. It's a little wide going down the road. You know, we had to deal with a lot of traffic. Oh, around that was here, what I was going to say. So we had to put that disc together, and we picked a, a warmer day that we had had. It was a Saturday, and it was we had that thing put together by like we started at nine o'clock and had it put together by lunch. Yeah. What I was going to say, and even what we just did today before we sat down to record this episode. I would say, like, me, you, Dad, Mike, I would say we're probably, like, in our prime, the four of us together working as a team. Like, as time goes on, you and I are going to learn more stuff, but they're – I'm not saying they're, like, old and decrepit or anything like that, but they are getting of age where they're, they're not going to be able to lift up two batteries and things like that. Yeah. So, I think – so, Lane, before Lane and I sat down, we had to go change out four batteries on a semi – because it was brutally cold this morning, and Lane, like, timed us, and it was dumb how fast we did it. Yeah, it was, like, a little over 10 minutes. We had four batteries out, four batteries back in, the truck was running. Yeah. We were NASCAR. I mean, I mean it's like we jumped out of the truck. No one knew what their job was going to be. Yeah. Two people hopped on the batteries. I would say that we, we have gotten to the point where we, where we work extremely well together, all yeah, of not us. not much has to be said. It's but, see, just, like, in years past, you and I didn't ha- know as much. We may have been – and we've probably gotten stronger as well to do things. But now I think we're, like, in this 
I don't want to say like utopia, but like we're in this like good group. Yeah, you feel like things are clicking, eh? Yeah. Well, I mean, there are times when it's not. I'll yeah, tell you for that sure right now. Yeah. Uh, another thing, we we did get some projects done not this week but last week when we had warmer, drier temperatures. We finished painting and uh, prepping the fuel tank for paint. Oh yeah, that was which I was actually, a big thing. That took a couple of days. You know, while it was, like before this happened, I was pumped. I was like. Cause I I don't know I don't know what it is about me but I like like creating things or doing things where like immediately after you can see oh I just completed something, yeah. and um, it w- I was looking forward to it, uh, approaching it and then during it it kind of sucked and then after it afterwards it was enjoyable to see what had been done so yeah did we post a picture of that I'm not sure I think you took some pictures I don't know if you posted no them. we haven't okay so we need to do that too but we got the fuel tank painted and yep. then like. As the paint was drying, we filled the thing almost completely full of fuel. And I don't know if y'all have looked at fuel prices. They're moving just with everything else. And fuel, like Dad was talking about it, in the spring we paid less than a dollar per gallon for off-road diesel fuel. And, you know, I'm sure that price is almost at $2 now. Yeah, probably right there at it. With politics getting involved and all kinds of other stuff. So that was one thing. That's why we chose that time to get the fuel tank ready to be filled up. Yeah, I don't see it declining anytime soon. Yeah. That was I that mean, was a that was a pretty long day. We I used dad's side DeWalt side grinder to there were some rust spots and stuff on it. Yeah. And so on that thing eats through DeWalt batteries. Yeah. I mean just mows through them. Yeah, it mows through those uh buffing discs too. But so we worked almost all day doing the or no, it was about half the day, I guess, because we, we painted, painted the same day. And then we so with the big back. tank, we we used the Dewalt grinder and uh, we buffed out all the spots where old paint was peeling off or there was some rust showing through. And then same day, we had two rollers on six foot uh, poles, like I mean six yeah. foot and handles. I'm sure some of y'all know this, but the main reason like that we paint stuff here on the farm is not for just aesthetic reasons. Mm-hmm. It is literally to cut off the oxygen where things won't rust yeah. and then the aesthetic thing is just an add-on yeah it's pretty much for functionality trying to make it last as long as possible yeah. so we did that and then there's uh two on-road diesel fuel tanks right beside it that we painted the next day yeah well, and see, a gas tank also. you and dad came back we did the rollers the first day to get a good coat on there and like the bottom of it it has legs and it was hard to get to and you and dad got a uh, spray gun yeah which how did you like it I, I liked it probably better than the rollers, but, um, I mean, everything has pros and cons. It puts on paint a little thinner than the uh, roller did, which right. was fine. But uh, Talking about the weather that we're having, uh, I wanted to go back to a story. I, I guess it was probably 2015 or 2016. You would have been in high school at the time, yeah. and I would have been just getting back from Auburn. And Dad and them were driving trucks and had several trucks driving, and we had gotten like a foot of snow one night. I don't I don't remember what date it was. I'm sure somebody could tell me. But we had like a foot of snow, and Dad called me that night, and he's like, hey, I need you in the morning to come out and uh, get in the tractor yeah. and clear off the roads for us. He said the main roads would be fine, like the main highways, but I need you to clear us a path to where we can get to the highways. I don't want to lose a truck. And with some of these companies we work with you're not ever going to hear us say their names unless they want us to but our schedules are de- dependent on theirs if they're running we've got to run and if they're not then but we basically let them make that decision mm-hmm. so i got there early one morning and mike was helping me and i hooked a uh, a three-point hitch blade up which do you, have you ever even seen that blade the one we're talking about yeah yeah because you can pivot it left or right yeah, yeah. i'm sure there's a better term for it 
but I hooked that blade up to a tractor and I tore off and uh, graded all the roads right there around our shop to where they could get to the main highways. And I had to tend to some cows or something that day, and I'd done that. So I was basically the only one there, which those days are kind of fun. When Apparently, when, I was off goofing around because I, I, got a pic, I got a picture of me and three of my friends from high school. Oh, that's February where you were. February 26, 2015. That's where you were. Okay. I was off boot scooting. Anywho, so uh, I'd gotten to work that morning, you know, taking it easy, driving on the roads. And I'd wanted to go to a friend's house to goof off in the snow, you know, ride razors, do whatever. And I can't remember if it was mom or dad mom or dad, but I don't want to put the blame on just one of them. So I'll just say both of them collectively. They were like, you're not going anywhere. You're coming straight home and you'll be here like till the snow melts. Well, I got this bright idea. I took that blade, like I left work and went all around. I went all around town and I bladed my way, like cleared the roads all the way to my buddy's house. So then I would go to my other friend's house whose parents said, oh, you're not going anywhere either. The roads are too bad. I bladed from his house, her house. Oh, yeah. I, I basically went all around town to where everybody had a clear path to get to one central point. And then I thought that was pretty funny, just clearing the roads so we could have fun. Yeah. It's nice when you have equipment available to yeah. help you out. Uh, we, you know, we mentioned about uh, fuel price moving up. Do you want to talk about the urea versus liquid fertilizer price? Yeah, and I'm not sure why there's a discrepancy between the two. I'm sure there's a better explanation, but, you know, you and I have been talking about crop prices going up, how everything's going to be better, but we failed to think about that. You know, this is probably the highest crop prices have been since you and I have had skin in the game, correct? Yep, yep. Easily. So, but, you know, we've always known about this, but failed to think about it or mention on the podcast, when crop prices go up, inputs follow it. Yep. So. Just because you're getting twice as much for your product does not mean you're making twice as much. You know, the margins may actually be the same by the time it pencils out. Yeah. And you're just paying more in taxes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. So it, it bit us in the butt the other day. You know, we use urea mostly these past several years for side dressing our uh, wheat and corn and things like that. Well, over I, it, it hasn't doubled, has it? No. But urea has shot through the roof, and basically the only uh, reason why that we can get out of anybody is just because crop prices have gone up Mm -hmm. and because they can charge that much. So we are looking at other avenues of possibly using other stuff like liquid nitrogen uh, has moved up some but not near as high as urea, and in years past, urea has been a good bit cheaper. So we're trying to adjust and plan ahead for what we're going to do with that. A lot of different ideas being thrown yeah. around. There's a lot of different ways to get nitrogen to plants. So. Right, but none of them are real. Well, it's crazy. It's an I investment. Mean, I mean, you spend money to try to get equipment where you can put on liquid, and then two years later, urea is 33% cheaper, so then you're kind of in a pickle. Yeah, you're just... I mean, it's all ever-evolving. Yeah. Do you want? Was it last week that that report got released from the USDA? Yeah. Exactly what did it say? Do you recall... It's a world supply and demand report, I guess. And um, pretty much what had happened is through COVID and everything, the USDA was saying that demand was down and, um, you know, supply is a little short, but that's all right because the demand's down, so it's not going to affect us too much. And then um, everybody, I guess, was suspecting that the USDA was going to raise demand again. Yeah. And revert what they had just done and uh they didn't 
Well, they uh, didn't change it near as much as people had anticipated. So. And the the week prior to that report, we had the biggest week in uh, exports to China that we ever have in like the history of, I guess you could say the world or exports. Yeah. In the history of exports, we had the largest week ever. And then, so with these USDA reports, you have like third party companies that will kind of like release their own report based yeah. off of what they think the USDA report. I mean, will they're say. doing the same job as the USDA. They're just not government funded. Exactly. So the market kind of reflects their reports the day before, and then the USDA report does it again. So basically, the market took, I wouldn't say a real big hit, but it kind of leveled off and took yeah. a little bit of a hit. But then, like three days later, it jumped up to where we thought it would be. And it's just, it, it, it's almost like a dog chasing their tail at this point, trying to figure out what's yeah. going on. And then the USDA. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's still going to be demand, supply and demand based. So I yeah, mean, at, but by the time the next crop is planted and harvested, it's going to have to be at a certain price. Yeah, true. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation going on with Argentina and South America because they, they're about to start harvesting their first corn crop. And then they'll have their second. And it was, is it the middle of the summer? I'm not sure exactly. Something like that. And then, you know, the wheat market has really gone up this week because of the speculation of this winter storm going through, you know, some of the south and parts of the Midwest and out west that uh, it this winter storm may affect some of the winter wheat. And uh, there was a, a 30% number that was thrown out on the show that I was watching this morning, which I don't know if it'll be that high, and they won't know that until – uh, the wheat kind of comes back, so it, it's just all over the place. Number of what? Thirty percent affected, uh, negatively uh, affected. Yeah, negatively, yeah. like thirty percent of the wheat, the red, hard winter wheat. Is that did I say that right? I think I said that right. May be affected, and then, and then cottons. You know, almost at the ninety cent mark, and they're saying that it may go up some more because some of those places may plant more wheat because wheat's high. So then cotton. You know, it's just. There's a lot, a lot of pieces to this puzzle. Yeah, and just a lot of speculation and n nothing really material yet. So yeah. we'll just see how that goes. Yeah. Where was I going to go from there? Well, I'll tell you where I want to go with this. We're going to talk it. about crops and might as well shift over to land again. Um, last episode, we had talked about Bill Gates being the largest farmland owner. Uh, was that last episode? I don't know. Episode or two ago. Yeah, right? yeah I think it was. And... Um, I thrown Old out, I had thrown out something I had read that said, um, you know, be careful. He's just doing this to diversify assets and stuff. And I said, mm -hmm. be careful because um, he had put a lot of money into synthetic meat type industries. Yeah. I don't remember so, exactly. So going back, you had read that first, but then it was kind of like a conspiracy. Somebody had labeled yeah. it a conspiracy theory. They yeah. said there's not a lot of material to this, blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of took that back, retracted Yeah. And I saw an article today, and um, I'm not sure if this is exactly what it said, but it was along the lines of Bill Gates says North America, or was it North America? Uh, something about all whatever countries, like whatever country you would categorize categorize North America or the United States as. Yeah. All the ones Pretty much all the largest countries in the world uh, should switch to 100% synthetic beef. Rich countries. Rich countries. All right, so there you go. And it, I don't... I now believe that it's not just asset diversification and he's trying to i don't think so either but at some point if he's trying to push synthetic beef he's going to start buying up land to push out his competition i mean yeah. it's going to get to a point to where in all the articles that i've read which i didn't read many 
none of them even brought up the fact about him buying the land again. It was kind of like they had forgotten about that. But it also said that evidently a lot of people were not happy and kind of made fun of him for making that point about the synthetic meat. They can be not happy about it when they approach you for your land and offers you a stupid price and you say yes and you're part of the – I mean, you're helping him. So Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just – who knows at this point? Yeah. And, you know, what What if he does? Do you think if there is one person that can't affect the market, it would be him, but how much effect do you think he could have? I mean, it's up to the people who own the land now. If they keep selling it to him, then he'll have even more and more and more power. So it's yeah, it's up to the people who still retain I don't know. it. I, I would be kind of curious to hear some numbers on the synthetic. Well, like, that what, still could what be is a his, What is his reasoning just for climate issues? Is that I'm it? sure, yeah. Okay. So I, I would love to see some numbers on what it takes to grow, you know, 100 pounds of synthetic, or not grow, make 100 yeah. pounds of synthetic meat compared to 100 pounds of... Yeah, you think those plants are running off of solar? No. I mean, obviously. Well, I, just ask Texas right now what they think about the windmills. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure yeah, they, they're talking of that, highly of that. I was listening to a radio show this morning, and a guy called in from Texas, and um, I can't remember exactly where it was in Texas anyway... He said, you know, where he lives, there's about a 100-mile stretch of windmills, and uh, he said there's probably less than a half a percent of them that are turning still. And with that, um, the windmills are what provides electricity to their water treatment plants, and he said there's a 900-square-mile block of area that's without water starting today. So Things are going to get real western real quick in Texas. What are you going to do to provide water for your family if they're, I mean, yeah. Uh, figure out something i forgot the guy's name but there's a, a guy that boiling. I, there's a guy in texas that i follow who uh farms as well and he loves like camping and doing stuff like that so you know with the power and the water being out he like brought like his his cooking utensils and stuff from camping into his house and he has a fireplace he made like chicken pot pie last night i mean he like gourmet meals and he's just eating this stuff up like he loves it yeah and it's I think, almost probably a good thing for him he's probably enjoying seeing people rely so much on others that they can't fend for themselves and he's relaxing well i don't think i don't necessarily think he wants to see other people like suffer or anything yeah, like that but, but he he probably enjoys that he's not having to rely on anybody yeah. else for things like that. And I think there's, I mean, it's something to look into. You got to start. Oh yeah. Making yourself uh, more adaptable to fending for yourself, I guess. Whenever we get going back to crops. So whenever we do get some warmer weather, we're going to have to spray our wheat crop, which uh, we'll have to spray it one more time. But basically what I want to talk about a little bit is, the, we have some ryegrass issues in some of the spots, which yeah. goes back to partially my fault last year with our burn down with corn. We had some sprayer issues that we did not catch in time. That spider on the wall over there in the corner, I hate to break, he's been moving. I thought he was just sitting still, but he's moved like two feet. Hey, he's just cooling. Don't bother uh, He's him. coming towards you. He's going to get to you first. Uh, oh, crap. Wheat, spraying wheat. Yeah, so – Going back to uh, wheat, there's some ryegrass in the wheat due to uh, error last spring, which is partially my fault. And the the problem we have is the ryegrass, we could have easily eliminated it last year when there wasn't a crop and we were spraying to plant corn behind. But since ryegrass and wheat are so closely related, it is, I wouldn't say extremely difficult, but it's very like time sensitive, temperature sensitive, and things like that, and age of the ryegrass and the wheat to be able to kill it mm-hmm. because they're so related. And, you know, that's what herbicides do is they target different uh, plant attributes and things like that of different ones. So if you have like soybeans, 
growing in a grass, you could easily kill them. Or grass and soybeans, I wouldn't say easily, but you can. But when they're so closely closely related, that's where issues resolve or resolve. I'm just all over the place. Issues arise, man. Pull the pull the plug on me. Yeah. I drank too much coffee, so. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be doing that. Let's see what else I got on here. Oh, you want to talk about the auction we went to the other day? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if y'all have ever been to an auction, but it's. I wouldn't say it's like rare, but every once in a while we'll get to go to like an equipment auction, and there's one that's been held annually in uh, where what was that in? Where was that at? Uh, Oakland. Is that right? Well, yeah. So like over right? uh, uh, northwest of Florence, and what they refer yeah. to as the bend of the river. Mm-hmm. We went over there, and they've had one there annually. And Dad went last year, and uh, I didn't. I didn't get to go with him, and he bought a tractor. So yeah, I made sure to go with him this year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we ran into some other cattle friends over there that are actually from Hartzell. And I mean, they it's really fun to go to like f- not just an auction, but farm auctions because it's just it's funny to see other people and what they have to say. And yeah, well, I mean, it was I basically know. like a social thing because you know with COVID and everything, a lot of these people we haven't seen in a year. Yeah, and apparently it was like, hey, this auction's coming, we're getting out of the house. Yep. And that's exactly what it was. And it was just fun. It was brutally cold, too. Yeah. And we went over there, and uh, one of Dad's friends was there. And they were looking. They were selling a piece of equipment, but they were also interested in buying one. And we were just standing out of the way, just observing. Weren't really actively in the auction. And just leaning up against this cattle chute, you know, just old, wrinkly cattle chute, you know. Didn't think it was going to bring but a couple hundred dollars. You know, it looked like scrap metal. Well, they finally got to it, and we were standing there, and... uh Man, all of a sudden, like, three people started bidding on this thing, and it got up to, like, $2,000, like, real quick. And I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but he looked at me and Lane. He goes, be careful, boys. You know, he's older than us. He said, yeah. be careful, boys. He said, don't scratch your nose. Yeah. Right. He, or he said, it'd be a bad time to scratch your nose. Yeah. And I thought that was the funniest thing. I'm telling you, some of these some of these old cattle guys, old farmers, they've got some good one-liners that'll, oh, get, yeah. you, that'll yeah. get to you. But what he was saying is, you know, if you scratch your nose, you may accidentally buy it. Yeah. That thing went for almost like $3,000. Yeah. It was uh, lucky it had been outside for a while. But you don't know how much the person who bought it needed it. So it could have been uh, worth it to them. Apparently pretty bad. Who knows? Uh, with talking, I'm all over the place. Going back to this uh, liquid versus dry fertilizer, we went and talked to a, a new friend of ours who uh, – we got some contact information from it was a, like basically like a friend of a friend. We went over there to his shop to talk to him, and he is very well known for growing extremely high corn yields. Yeah, and we just wanted to spitball some ideas off him, you know, see what he said, and basically just give us kind of like a hey, don't do this, don't do that. And we got we started talking about micronutrients and things like that the corn need, and mm-hmm. we brought up the topic of sulfur. You know where I'm going with this? Yeah. Well, I remember what you said about it. Uh, and he had noticed it, too. And here locally, we used to have a paper mill in Lawrence County. What was the name of it called? I, don't, Doesn't, I mean, everybody knows the paper mill. I'm going to sound dumb because I should know that. Anywho, so that paper mill, when uh, yeah, President Obama came in and passed the uh, new Green Deal, I believe it was the name of it. And basically, like, older plants that, you know, were releasing a lot of emissions and a lot of coal plants and things like that shut down. And one that paper mill was one of them, or I think it, was it Copeland? Was that the name of it? Don't know. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, International Paper. There it is. Uh, so, it, I don't, 
I don't think it was like directly because of the Green New Deal, but it closed. And we didn't realize how much we had never put sulfur on our crops as a micronutrient. It was all always available because of these industrial plants around us. Well, in the past, I would say three to five years, and Stewie can note this too. He's he's seen it more than I have. We've actually had to start adding sulfur to our crops because there isn't enough sulfur in the air from these plants. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was pretty neat that. You know, even so, a lot of the blame on, you know, these plants and things like that is having those chemicals, elements, things like that in the atmosphere. But whether you realize it or not, those plants are absorbing that and using that and need it. Mm -hmm. And so now that they don't pump that into the air, we're having to supplement our crops with that. So, I mean, how much did it actually affect it in the first place? I don't know. I don't know. Not a scientist. What else you got? Uh, I saw this post on Instagram. I thought it was hilarious. This guy, it was like a meme page or something, and uh, it was a picture of a farmer working on a piece of equipment, and it said, farmers are master mechanics that have, like, a accelerated hobby in gardening. I thought it was funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I saw a video this morning. Uh, I think it was in Scotland. They had had some pretty bad snow, and there was, like, a semi with a van trailer that was, like, delivering milk to a uh, grocery store. Yeah. And it was trying to climb up this hill, and it was spinning out. Well, this woman, like, dropped her groceries and ran over there to the back of this van trailer (laughs) and started, like, trying to push it up the hill. And obviously, this woman can't push this truck up the hill, but it started getting traction and started moving, and they had it on security cam footage. And uh, that milk company whose truck that was gave that woman uh, free milk for a year for helping out no that truck. No way. Yeah. But she, like, dropped her groceries and told her kid to, like, stand with her groceries. Mm-hmm. And she went and, like, pushed the semi-truck up the hill. And they found out who she was and gave, That's her, hilarious. gave her free milk for a year. So, But they also said uh, nobody else should do that because if it would have started sliding backwards, backwards yeah. uh, she would be a pancake. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really funny. That is funny. I'm going to start trying to find milk trucks going up a hill. You ready? You ready to move to the Midwest and fight with some of those negative twenty-five degree numbers? Nope, I'll stay here. I'll deal with the rain. You're gonna have a big hole dug in this table by the time we're done. Lane's, no, no. Lane's been playing with his screwdriver the whole time with this episode, and he's been digging a hole. No, it fits through the gap. We don't know how to build tables. Uh, it looks a like big gap. it looks like you're digging a hole from my point. No, we're good. Is it, what other crazy stuff? Oh, I got me a grill. Oh yeah, tell tell us about home life here recently. I, um. We're very slow moving when it comes to getting a house prepared, like fully prepared with all the amenities that we want and need. Furnishings. Yeah, so we met up, went to Lowe's, got me a smoker grill. Mm-hmm. I got what you just call it a smoker. It's not really a grill. Yeah, it's just a smoker. Yeah. But I mean, you grill on it. Yep. So I don't know got what that category taken that care falls of. into. I've been. I don't know why. It's just the man in me that wants wanted something I can cook outside. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I was speaking with somebody about this the other day. Stove oven, yeah, no sir, don't don't know, don't care. But like frying, grilling, smoking, microwaving, nuking, oh yeah, all in, <laughs> yeah, all in. Any, Count us. Anything where I'm outside cooking, yes sir, and it makes some noise, got some real heat to it. Yeah, you have to be real skilled to use. That's oh, what yeah. we want. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I've been using a black iron skillet lately, cast iron. Why not keep saying black iron? When I w- when we were frying those fish, those crappie the other day. Uh, you were inside, and, you know, I'm still a little nervous about frying stuff, not mm-hmm. going to lie, because mm-hmm. the temperature you need to get the oil to is, like, flirting with danger. 
So it's like, hey, make sure to have the oil at 350, but as soon as it hits 400, you're going to have like an inferno. Well, when you throw those fish in there, temperature really gets up, like all of a sudden. Yeah. And I had my thermometer sitting there. Well, a piece of that fish got under my thermometer, and that thermometer just pegged out at like 550. And I like, I mean, I pulled every cord, like undid the bottle. Why would that? You would think that when the fish hit it, it would decrease in temperature. Yeah, I think I think overall like the average oil goes down, but like where the the frying is actually going on, that oil is like dumb hot. Yeah, what's even crazier, propane bottles are left-handed threads, so to control your temperature, you, and if you want to go decrease in temperature, you got to turn to the left. Oh, you mean really so, rattle your brain? So you're down here, you're in a, a trance trying to get all your fish put in, get your oil right, get everything set. You're out here by yourself. And then you go down and turn the propane down, and you turn it the wrong way. All of a sudden, you got a fifty degree increase. Just wait till you're helping me replace those disc openers on the planter. the The right opener is right handed threads, and the left opener is left handed threads. That way, it won't ever like work itself loose because of the way they're rotating. Mm-hmm. While you're busting your knuckles on these really sharp blades, you're constantly having to think about which one you're on and which way to turn it, and your brain will break. Yeah. Oh, like, also house talk. I got uh, we purchased a couch. I gotta go pick up. We, yeah. I told Sarah. Ellen, go pick up. I told Sarah Ellen the other day. She was. I walked into y'all's house. She's like, "When y'all going to pick up that couch?" And I said, "Looky here. Oh, we I don't said, have to go pick it up. I just need help unloading." I told her. I said, "The day that I buy a house, I said y'all better be ready to work because I'm going to cash in on all these favors." And I'm telling you, I said, "Y'all, it's going to be bad. I'm, I'm I may make it pretty bad." Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. What trying to make her do something? What else we got? Y'all? Oh, uh, I'll add something else. I think it's a cardinal sin to use soap on any type of coffee making. Uh, I don't know, like coffee mugs. Yeah. No soap. Well, French press. So if you got one, no soap. The probably about the last week for me. You know, I'm big on some kind of caffeine, and it's it's typically been energy drinks of some form or fashion. Yeah, we got a bad habit going on. Yeah, which which is kind of cool, though, because you and I take turns about bringing it to work, and it's we don't have to verbalize it. We just know. And with these cold temperatures, we've been dabbling in the coffee a little bit more, and Lane needed a cup of coffee to record this episode, and I made him one, and he just complained about it. Yeah. You so know, people... He said, he said, I only... He said, I want it black. He said, I don't want any of that extra stuff you put in yours. So, I made him one, and then he's like, this is too strong. Exactly no, what he said. I want it black. I never said I wanted it extra strong. You put like but 10 I told times you, I said the coffee when I, I said, when I use the French press, I said, it's stronger than normal. Oh, it's up to you. How many... How many yeah, I know. But when I do that, I want some extra in there. It's like the visual. You know, you don't just sprinkle it in there and you... Put some coffee in there. Yeah, but you were making it for me, not for yourself. Should have taken that into account. Oh man, you know you need to be more appreciative. What else we got going? I think I guess that's it. We all over the place on this episode. I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to get in here and record an episode every week with everything going on. Everybody else makes it seem so easy. Yeah. Well. Well, okay. This is one thing I wanted to talk about. You know, we and you and I invested our own money in all this equipment. We're investing our own time, and you know, it's something that we really enjoy doing. But it doesn't write us a check or anything. So when we're working and things like that, it, it's hard to make yourself come in here and sit down when you've had a long day at work and want to just go home. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm trying to talk you into coming sitting here for an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. To, to record. Well, an episode. it's just bad because it's not at my house. So Forrest is like, "Hey, come record a podcast." Well, when we get done, he's at home. 
when I get done, I gotta drive home. Yeah, true that. But y'all, y'all wouldn't let me drive to work any of the days with such the snow a, because such I'm, big problems we got reporting podcasts. Yeah, we'll get better about it. But yeah, we appreciate y'all for hanging around and Tuning listening to in. us, listening to us ramble about all kinds of different stuff. So yep. You, but hey, hey, you might just have to tune in next week. You have no clue what we're gonna talk about. Well, Neither do we. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying next week, but in the near future. Uh, you and I will start going through the planner and getting things ready for spring, and before we know it, it'll be wide open. Yep. What's coming up on the farm? We'll give people a little insight of future. Uh, potentially selling some calves, which will be yeah, we'll interesting. Have to, we'll get, have to be wrangle. Cow, be cowboys for a little bit. Yep, have to wrangle them up. Uh, what else we got coming up? Do, 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 do. We had enough carryover, carryover our, of our forage crop this spring that we're not going to put any forage up this this coming spring. So that'll be a little bit of pressure taken off of us. You don't uh, think we will at all? No. You know, not uh, even dry? Oh, yeah, we will put up some dry hay throughout the summer. But uh, this week I was looking at picking out hybrids and varieties for this upcoming oh, yeah, spring, that's which good. is exciting, uh, comparing different numbers and things like that. We could talk about it at a later date when we start planting them. Yeah. Uh, we have flirted with maybe entering some yield contest, which yeah. we're excited about, doing yeah. things like that. What else we got? Ooh. Got some dirt work to do coming up, some concrete work, some electrical. Yeah, some secret stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. I think that's about it. Yeah, I guess so. We're really going to have to put our foot on the throttle when it comes to getting this podcast trailer done. So Yeah. Well, I mean, if we could have two weeks of time to do it, like, I'm not saying, like, from daylight yeah, to dark. take off two weeks. No. <laughs> I'm saying, like, after work for two weeks, I think we could have it finished. Yeah. The, the electrical was easily like the most tedious part of yeah, it yeah it's because we didn't know but and everything else we could pretty much fly through we had to wait on the electrical before we could start Dude, doing other stuff i gotta mention this while i'm thinking about it me and sarah went to lowe's the other day and uh i can't remember what we were getting we were getting something and uh we went down the aisle looking at lamps and stuff <laughs> just because you know we don't we have like one lamp in our whole house mm-hmm. anyways while we were there down the amp the lamp aisle we noticed something that I thought was pretty cool. And um, under our cabinets in our kitchen, we don't have light. So our cabinets hang over pretty good. You know, if you're working in the kitchen, there's a cast a shadow under the cabinets. Yeah. And uh, we found these lights that mount up under the cabinet. You just put some command strips that come with the lights, battery operated, and uh, that you just slap them up under your cabinet. It comes with a remote control. You can control really? them with your remote control, or you can, like, Tap them and turn them on and off. Two different colors, three different brightnesses. Dude, you can put them on a timer with that remote. 15 minutes cut on, they automatically go off. And they were like 20 bucks. I just thought of something crazy and I already forgot about it. Like it was big. Yeah. My brain has quit working. Cold coffee, dude. If you make warm coffee and then let it sit for a while. No can do, partner. No. All right. We can just go ahead and end it because I can't remember what yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, we're rambling. All right. Thanks for tuning in to yeah, another episode. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Episode. Uh, if you want to see some of our visual stuff, the stuff that we're talking about, we post it on our Instagram so you can see what we're talking about and what's yeah. going on in the farm. And that's the best way to keep up with what we're doing. So. Oh, I know what you can do. You can head over to Facebook. Oh, yes. And, Talk about um, that. There was a thing on Instagram that um, Auburn University did on their agriculture their ag Instagram is like Auburn Ag or Auburn something. Auburn Ag, yeah. And uh, they they were asking for people to spotlight, and so I chimed in. They sent me a bunch of questions, and there's a little fe- a feature 
on uh it's like auburn uh agricultural economics and something on facebook they did a feature on me so y'all could go check that out that would be pretty cool learn a little bit more about me if you didn't know enough and uh hey I don't know. uh when we took boots the calf that we're bottle raising when we're taking him from uh we had to take him from his mother uh we refer to it on the farm as the scream of death yeah I would like to hear. I would like to hold. Don't do it yet. I would like to hear your best one, but let's give a little bit of background on what this is. All right. Well, let's do it. Okay. Background. So when we talk about the scream of death, if there's a herd of cows and calves out there, and a young calf has got a very distinct voice, which the mother knows who it is. Almost every calf is the exact same. Right, and it's basically a distressed like. Something is taking me or I'm dying. And yeah. when we have to take one, it's we've done it. We don't like doing it, obviously, but we have like a system of doing this where you can grab it real quick and get in the truck before things get crazy, mm-hmm. which sometimes works out. Sometimes it does not. But when Lane was grabbing boots, uh, I was on one side. Dad was in the truck. I mean, like Rhett, like he was about to run a quarter mile race in his truck, and uh, he was ready, and as soon as he grabbed Lane, Boots let out, a, let out a sound that sounded a lot like this. Are you ready? I don't know if you need to do it right in the microphone. I'll do it from afar. You ready? Yeah, that's good. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, it sounds, almost good. sounds like a and goat. It, it doesn't matter whose calf it is. As soon as that sound gets let out, every single one of them come charging at 100 miles an hour yep. to kill you. Yeah, they're defensive. It's almost it's yeah the stress call is a good way to put it because like if a coyote's coming up yeah trying to I'm get gonna, a calf I'm or give something you mine. all right uh, no that was way too deep uh, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. uh, all right give me like a, a herd bull coming up like about to pick a fight with the neighbor's herd bull what mm. uh, mm. <gasps> oh my voice is stuck <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm bad. <laughs> But see, their voices crack too yeah. a lot, so that I kind of got yeah. you on that one. You're just making noise. All right, we're what about like, just like a regular cow? Regular cow. What? Just like a re- or a calf? Like go for four, it. four weight, four weight calf. Go. All right, we're gonna call it. All right, I'm yeah. Go check us out on Instagram. Thank y'all for sticking yeah, around. Between two rows podcast on Instagram. Yes, sir. We'll see, we'll see y'all in the coming weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, don't forget, we still got the email posted in the description of their Instagram in case you yeah. have any questions. Yeah, y'all are burning it up. Yeah, tell you. I mean, we just can't reply fast enough. <laughs> we have one from Google saying that we set up our account. So. Yeah, our inbox is one. <laughs> That's fine, though. All right, y'all have a good weekend. Right. Uh, everybody stay warm. Yep, peace.